right, you guys can grab a seat. Thank you to our worship team. That was an incredible time of worship this morning. I wanna say welcome to all of you to New Life Community Church this morning. Uh, to those of you who are here gathered with us in person as well as to the many of you who we know are live streaming with us. Uh, again, just glad that you're here with us. I wanna put something um, on your calendar, so it's just kind of a, a save the date. Uh, but three weeks from today, we're gonna have a night of worship. It's gonna be outdoors on the lawn. So we heard from so many of you guys that just super enjoyed last summer and last fall when we were actually gathering on the lawn for our worship services. So we're gonna try to do a, a handful of those this spring and this summer while the weather is, is super nice. So go ahead and mark that on your calendar. That's three weeks from today. I think that's May 16th at 6 p.m. All right, so it won't replace what we're doing right now on Sunday morning. It'll be in addition to that. So mark your calendars, bring a lawn chair, bring a friend, it's gonna be a really good time. And uh, yeah, it'll be good. If you are new here, uh, this is a great week for you to be here because we're smack dab in the middle of our Abide series. And where we're gonna be camping out today is John 15, which really is maybe like the, the pinnacle of this, this discourse that Jesus is having through these five chapters with his disciples in John's gospel, right? And so he's really kind of teaching them how to live out their faith once he goes to the cross, he dies, he, he resurrects three days later, and he ascends to the right hand of the Father. And as we saw last week, he promised to send them a helper, the Holy Spirit, that was gonna indwell them and empower them to do all, all these incredible things, namely to launch the, the most incredible movement this world has ever seen, the Church of Jesus Christ. And so he's preparing them to face a hostile world once he goes, once he sends the Holy Spirit. Now, I wanna start our time just by asking you a question. Have you ever wanted to grow in some specific area or talent of your life, all right? Now, I'm, I'm thinking skills, I'm thinking hobbies, I'm, I'm thinking kind of anything in that, in that regard. And the truth of the matter is, most of us have multiple things, right, at any given time where we wanna grow in our lives. I can remember just a few years ago, I kept meeting people that were like business guys and other pastors and stuff that I was hanging out with, and they all played golf. And I, I just, I never played golf, and my dad didn't play golf, and so I never played and so all these guys were like, hey, man, you play golf, you play golf. I was like, no, no I don't even know how to hold a club. I, I, I don't know. So finally, I had a buddy, a pastor friend. He's like, we're going, man. I'm, I'm picking you up. You got to learn how to play golf, man. You can't be a pastor and not know how to. I didn't know that was a prerequisite. They didn't teach me that in seminary. So, uh, so I go with him, and we go to the, the, the golf course, the range, whatever, and he rents all the, like these buckets of balls and stuff. And I get out there. And I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm like, hey man, I'm an athlete, or I was an athlete. In fact, you know, I'm, I might have to like throttle it down a little bit just not to embarrass this guy. And, and so we get out there, and I, I'm just kind of thinking it's gonna be like Happy Gilmore. Y'all remember that? And I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna go crazy on this thing and show them how strong I am and how far I can hit the ball. And I get out there, guys, and I'm just telling, I, like, I was terrible. I was horrible. I didn't even know how to hold it. Right, and so again, I thought I was just gonna crush it and it's gonna fly down there. People would be like, ooh, that guy should play golf. And that didn't happen at all. Like half the time, I couldn't even hit the ball. Like I would swing and it was still, it was still right there. I'd, like half the time, I would miss it. And then the other half the time when I would hit it, half the time I would just dribble like 10 yards down the, down the thing. And then the two times I did like connect well with it, I thought it would, it would like kind of curve off in the woods. And after about two hours of it, like I was ready to kill somebody. I was just... 
I was so frustrated. Like it didn't get easier, it got harder. And then to kind of top it off, the very next day I woke up the, the next morning and I couldn't move. I was so sore from like standing in this weird squatty position. And he's like, Chris, you can't use your arms, you gotta use your body to swing. So like my abs are all sore. I'm like, man, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I was so frustrated. And sometimes our spiritual lives can kind of feel like that, can't it? Like we're just kind of hacking at the ball. I feel like we're missing it half the time. The other half of the time, we're kind of slicing it off in the woods. And you can kind of begin to wonder, like, how do I even grow? Like, how, how do I grow? How do I mature in my faith? Because it seems like the more I try and the harder I swing, nothing really is going my way. I can remember in, in high school, or this is kind of like the youth group culture, I feel like, in, in the 90s. So if, you're, if you grew up in the 90s, you, maybe you kind of relate to this. But the whole thing in the youth group culture in the 90s was you have to find God's will for your life, right? That, that was that, Henry Blackaby, like that was the whole thing. You gotta you got find God's will for your life. That's so important. And it was stressful. So we were all stressed out because kind of the whole idea is, man, you gotta, you gotta pick the right college to go to because if you pick the, the wrong college, you're probably gonna meet the wrong person. You're gonna marry the wrong person. And then the person that you were supposed to marry is gonna married the wrong person, and you're gonna have the wrong kids, and she's gonna have the wrong kids, and you're gonna mess up the whole world, and it's gonna be your fault because you didn't follow God's will, right? And so we're 17 years old. We all had stomach ulcers and nervous twitches, you know, like trying to figure out what God's will was and how to grow in our lives. And as I've grown and matured in my faith, here's the conclusion I've come to. Here it is. Churches can tend to be really good at making complicated what Jesus has made simple. Churches can be really good at making something that Jesus has intended to be simple and turning it and making it very, very complicated. So what if, what if growing spiritually isn't complicated at all? What if it's so simple that even a small child could do it? And I think that's where we're gonna land. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John's Gospel, chapter 15. John's Gospel, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. We'll have it on the screens for you. But we're gonna hang out in the first 17 verses of this chapter. And this is Jesus speaking to the 11. Judas has already left to betray him, so he's down to, to the core 11 now. And he's teaching his disciples. This is what he says starting in verse one. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Now, when Jesus says, I am, and he has seven I am statements in John's gospel. In fact, last year we did a sermon series on the I am statements of Jesus. And when he says, I am, what he's doing is he's referring back to Exodus chapter three, where God gives people his own name. And he says, my name is I am, right? Tell them that I am sent me. So when Jesus says, I am, he's making a claim of divinity. So if you've ever had somebody tell you, well, Jesus never claimed to be God, wrong. He says it a lot in the scriptures. That's what he's doing here. He's making a divine claim. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Now, you remember last week, the end of chapter 14, Jesus ends his time in that chapter by saying to his disciples, rise, let us go from here. And so a lot of biblical scholars believe that they are now leaving the upper room, Jesus and the eleven. And Jesus is teaching them as they walk through probably the Kidron Valley, towards the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus is hours away from being arrested, right? Now, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, you know as you walk through the city, it's not uncommon at all to see vines. And so we can kind of picture Jesus as he's walking through the city at night with the 11, and it would have been very easy for him to point to a vineyard, 
or actually maybe even to grab a vine, grab a cluster of grapes, and to use this physical analogy to teach a very important uh, spiritual truth. Now, here, here's the analogy that Jesus is gonna give us. It's important that you understand the players. So here's the analogy. God the Father is the vine dresser in this analogy. Okay, so he's, he's the gardener. He's the one that's overseeing the vineyard. In this analogy, Jesus is the vine, right? So he's the, he's the power source. And that leaves us as what? As the branches, right? Either branches are plugged into the vine and they have life, or they're not plugged into the, into the vine and they don't have life. So that's the analogy that he's gonna use to drive home some really important truths. Now, he's about to give us the key to spiritual growth, right? Here we go, verse two. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That doesn't sound pleasant. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That also doesn't sound pleasant that it may bear more fruit. So far, so far, I'm not liking this. Already, you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Now, watch, watch the pattern, this word here that he uses over and over again. Verse four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's a pretty humbling statement, isn't it? Apart from me, you can literally do nothing of lasting, eternal significance in your life. You gotta be connected to me for that to happen in your life. That's what he's saying. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. I don't, I don't wanna be a part of that branch group. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, a couple of things that you need to see that are, that are going on right here. One is the father, the, the vine dresser, the gardener, the tender, uh, he does two things, right? So what, for the dead branches, what does he do? Cut, he cuts them off, right? Says he, he removes them. Now the, the, the fruitful branches, the branches that are bearing fruit, what does he do for them? He, he prunes them back, he prunes them back. Now this is something that I'm learning even at my own house, right? I've got one tree, it's one of my favorite trees in our yard. It's, I don't know the technical name for this tree, but it's, it's a pink dogwood, okay? So the, it's not white flowers, it's pink flowers in it, and it's a dogwood. And, and it's really pretty, but what I've learned, we've had this tree for about eight years now, is every winter when the spring rolls around, it has a lot of dead branches, right? A lot of dead branches. So I've learned that, and I actually did this this weekend. I had a bag full of dead branches from this one dogwood tree. If I don't go out there every spring and break off the dead branches and even trim back some of the live branches, what happens to my pink dogwood tree is it begins to, over time, look sickly. And I think, probably, I suspect, if I just left it alone, it eventually would get sick and it would, it would die. And so what Jesus is saying here is really there, there are two options. You have two options in this life. You can either reject me as your vine, as your life source, and understand this, every single one of us is connected to a vine. I don't care if you're a Buddhist, if you're a Christian, if you're an atheist, if you're agnostic, I don't care what, I don't care if you believe in nothing, everybody is connected to some source of life. You are connected to a vine of some sort. So some of you, I would just suspect this morning, you are connected to the vine of approval. You just care way too much 
what people think about you and what your friends think about you, right? And that kind of drives your decision-making. It drives how you act differently around this group of people or that group of people because you want people to like you so much. You're a people pleaser. So you're connected to the vine of approval. For others of you, particularly those of you who may be college age and, and even younger, you, a lot of you guys are connected to the vine of relationships. And so you just think, man, if I can just find the right group of friends, if I can just find the right boy, if I can just find the right girl that would complete me, then I would be totally happy and it'd be like a Disney movie and we'd just ride off in the sunset and I would never have any problems before in my life. Married people, how does that work out? <laughs> marriage is awesome. Okay, guys, you should, you, you should pursue marriage. I'm just telling you, it's not always easy, right? And it's not a Disney movie. I'm just, I'm telling you, another person is not gonna fix what's broken inside of you. It's impossible, right? Another human being cannot fix the hole inside of you that only God can fix. That's just a fact. If you haven't found that out, you will find that out. Some of you are connected to the vine of money. Success, man, you just want more stuff and you want more money and you wanna see your 401k grow. And man, you're checking the stock market every day. You're obsessed with it. Some of you are connected to the vine of success in your work or your GPA at school or whatever it is, but listen, what Jesus is saying is, in the end, if you are not connected to me, the source, the one source of life, you will, in the end, be separated me forever in a place that the Bible calls hell. Now, here's the, the really frightening thing to me, personally, as I, as I read this. These dead branches that Jesus is talking about, that eventually the Father will cut off, they'll be gathered, they'll be burned, they appear to be, in this analogy, at least at the time, they appear to be connected to the vine. They appear to have life when they're actually dead. Sticking to kind of what you guys can tell, I'm working in my yard a lot right now. We have a, uh, a beautiful uh, sugar maple in, in, our, in our front yard. And every fall, it just turns this bright, beautiful orange and red. And um, I, I think it's, it's the prettiest tree in the entire neighborhood. So if you don't know where we live, you can just drive around the neighborhood in October. The prettiest tree, that's my house, right? Not that I'm competitive or anything like that, but it's, it's a pretty tree. And, uh, and, and three or four years ago, uh, we noticed that, I, don't, I guess a seed blew off of it or something, that in our backyard, right off our back patio, uh, a little baby sugar maple just kind of naturally, organically sprung up. And we're like, yes, we're gonna have a beautiful one in the front yard and we're gonna have a beautiful one in the backyard. It's gonna be so cool. And so we kind of babied this little tree for three or four years and I would always make sure to kind of like weed eat around it so I didn't accidentally mow it down. And so every year we'd watch it grow. We're so excited. And we came out this year and everything started to bloom except for that tree. We had a little funeral in our hearts for <laughs> our baby maple tree that didn't make it. And... Um, you know, I was thinking about this week, like I, I could have, I could have circumvented kind of the disappointment from my family. I could have gone to the front yard and I could have clipped off a whole bunch of leaves from that maple tree and got some scotch tape and gone in the backyard and taped some live maple leaves on that dead maple tree and be like, look guys, it's alive, it's flourishing, it's doing well. And that would have worked for like a day or two until those dead leaves that looked alive at the moment shriveled up and died and fell off. And then I would have been exposed as the fraud that I was. And that can happen, that can be true of people, right? There are those who look good on the outside, who look like they love Jesus, who go to church and they go to small group and they give of their resources and they volunteer, but they are not, listen, they are not connected to the vine. 
Exhibit 1A, Judas Iscariot. We looked at Judas two weeks ago in John chapter 13. Judas was loved by Jesus. He listened to his teachings every day. He lived with the guy for three and a half years. He traveled with him. Jesus washed his feet in the upper room just like he did the other 11. He looked. If we would have been alive back then, we all would have looked at Judas and been like, that dude has it together. That's a branch who's alive. He is connected to the vine of Jesus. We all would have thought that. But in the end, he was not connected to Jesus. He just wasn't. John chapter six, verse 66. There's a story where Jesus is preaching this sermon to a whole lot of people and he's gathered all these disciples and people are following by the masses and he starts to teach some really hard stuff. Some really challenging things. And John 6, 66 says this. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. There is a type of person, friend, who looks like a Christian, talks like a Christian, and walks like a Christian, but does not have Jesus, and in the end, they will be cut off. And so I just wanna say by way of, of warning, because I love you this morning, friend, make sure that isn't you. Make sure that you're not just playing games or you're just not walking through the religious motions and you don't go to church and I believe intellectually. Make sure that you're actually connected to the vine, to the source of life that is Jesus Christ. And so that's one kind of person. It's the dead branch that appears to have life when it actually does not have life. But listen, that doesn't have to be you. Because here's what Jesus is saying in this, passion, in this passage. He's saying, listen, I want a relationship with you. I want to know you, and I want, I, want you to, I want you to know me. I want you to abide in me, and I want to abide in you. I want to give you life. Now, listen, if that's you, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, and you're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm all in. I'm team Jesus. I, I, I don't follow him perfectly. I don't have a flawless life, but, man, I, I'm telling you, I, just, I love Jesus. If that's you, understand this. The Father prunes those he loves. The Father prunes those he loves. Now, can I, can I just be completely 100% transparent with you as I'm studying this this week. I'm not a huge fan of this part of the passage. I, I, I kind of wish that wasn't in there. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that the two options that Jesus seems to present are either cut off and thrown into the fire or pruned for more fruitfulness. Like neither one of those sounds very pleasant to me. If I were writing the passage, what I wish it said was, you either can have an easy life with no pain or you can have an easier life with even less pain. Right? If I'm God, that's, that's, what I'm, that's not what it says. Right, because God loves us too much not to prune out what is dead in our lives so that we could flourish in our lives. Now, I'm just guessing, room this size, people online, there are some of you right now that God is pruning dead branches out of your life and it, and it hurts. And you don't really understand what's going on. And you don't understand why God is allowing this pain in your life and you don't understand why God has allowed the suffering to enter your life or whatever it is. And I'm telling you the why, listen, the why is because he loves you. The why is because he loves you and he is ferociously committed to your fruitfulness, even at the cost of your comfort. And some of you are having the dead branches of relationships in your life cut out, and it hurts. 
because he's God and you're not. And he knows better than you that that boyfriend or that girlfriend isn't bringing you closer to Jesus. And he loves you enough to lop that off in your life. And it's painful. And some of you are having dead branches of financial security kind of pruned out of your life. My son Judah ended up in the ER this weekend. He, he's, totally, he's totally fine. But when those mission bills start rolling in next week, my, my financial security is gonna, is gonna be pruned out of my life for the next couple of months, right? For others of you, perfect health. That's, that's kind of your dead brand. You're just kind of clinging to that. Man, if I could just be healthy, I wanna be healthy, I don't wanna have any health problems, whatever it is for you. And you're having things ripped out of your life, pruned out of your life, and it hurts in the moment. And if that's you, I just, I just wanna drive this point home as, as we kind of start this. This will be on the screens for you. This, this is so important. Believer, we've gotta learn how to welcome the blades of the vine dresser. We've gotta learn how to welcome the blades, not reject, not push back on. We've gotta learn how to welcome the blades of the vine dresser because God is ultimately up to, even when you can't see it, something that is good for his kingdom and ultimately be for your good. I love the way Charles Spurgeon put it. This quote will be on the screen for you as well. Spurgeon wrote this. I love this. Do not sorrow over your trials. Do not look upon them as misfortunes and calamities. They are black vessels, but they are loaded with gold. Your choicest mercies come to you disguised as your sharpest trials. Welcome them. Do not sorrow over them, but rejoice in them. Now I wanna give you three ways from the text in John 15 that I think we can, we can grow spiritually. Now understand this, this all happens in the context of what we talked about last week, right? So if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back, catch that message. It's all about the Holy Spirit his role in our life, how important it is for us not just to be indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God, but to be filled daily with the Holy Spirit. So all of what I'm about to talk about can only happen in the context of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. It's that important. So how we grow, number one, very simply, abide in Jesus. Now you say, man, Chris, what is abide? That's not even a word that we, we use in 2021. Well, this, this word abide in the original literally means to dwell in, to stand in, or to stay in a certain place with intentionality. To dwell in, to, to live in, to stay in a place with intention. Now, just by way of example, there are a lot of things that I appreciate about my wife. Right? She's beautiful, she's a great cook, she's a phenomenally hard worker, she works part-time at home, she uh, homeschools our kids full-time, she manages me and she should get some kind of trophy just for that. She has the gift of faith where I'm a natural skeptic. So there are a lot of things that I appreciate about my wife. The thing I think I appreciate most about my wife is that she stayed. Is that she stayed. Through 17 years of marriage, let's just be real, been good times, been some really hard, tough times. Honestly, there have probably been a couple times where it would have been really easy for either one of us to just walk away. But she didn't, and I didn't. We chose good times, bad times, ups and downs of life that we were going to abide with one another, that we were gonna live in relationship with each other, to stay intentionally in that place in relationship with one another. I'm just telling you, that has made all the difference in our relationship. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, guys, if you, if you wanna grow, if you wanna grow, abide in me. Just stay connected. There's not, some, there's not some 10 step formula. Very simply, 
Rest in me. Stay connected to me. Walk with me every day. Now, here's the tricky part. For most of us that hear that, we're Americans, and we automatically start to make our checklist, don't we? Some of you are already there. Like, okay, so it's really important that I abide in Jesus. So I'm gonna, let me make my little checklist. I gotta, I'm going to get up. I'm going to read my Bible every day for 30 minutes. I'm going to journal all the main points. I'm going to pray for an hour and a half. I'm gonna, never going to miss church. I'm going to give over and above the 10%. I'm going to give 15% to the Lord. I'm going to do all these things. We got our checklist. Let me ask you something. Have you ever walked by a, an apple tree and heard it straining to produce fruit? Like, <laughs> apple. <laughs> Another apple. No, man, like that, it, that's not how it happens. Why? Because, no, branches just abide in the tree. All they gotta do is stay connected to the life source and the fruit is a natural result of abiding in that relationship. Jesus is saying, just stay connected to me. Why are you making it so complex? Just, stay, just walk with me. Just talk with me. Just abide in my love. Let me abide in you. It's, just, it's a relationship. So let me just ask you, are you abiding today, friend? Are you abiding? Are you talking with him? Are you carving out any time at all in your day just to, just to be with him? Because our relationship with Jesus is like any other relationship. What we feed grows and what we neglect withers and dies. Now I'm just gonna guess there are some of you in here who, who probably even know Jesus. So you're connected to the vine, you truly love him, but man, you have neglected your walk with him for so long that you're, if you're being honest, you just feel completely disconnected from him. And you're not aware of his presence in your life and you don't feel the Holy Spirit working in your life. And if that's you, I just want you to understand, your call today is to come back, to come back to Jesus and start abiding in him, to rest in him, to walk with him. He wants your life to be fruitful. You don't have to try and create a 10 list thing. I've got to do all these things to make my life fruitful. If you just rest in the vine, the fruit will come naturally. I just got to be honest, as I was, you know, just studying this week, I, the place I came to, the place I landed is, man, I, I just... 40 years old, man, I wanna be enraptured by the presence of God. I spent too much of my life just chasing things and trying to make things happen in my own strength. Man, I, I wanna be like King David in Psalm 27, where David says, listen, the one thing I want, the one thing I ask for, the one thing I seek is to dwell in the house of the Lord for all of my life. And what David is saying is, listen, I'm a king, I have a palace, I have everything this world has to offer, I don't care about any of it, God. I just wanna live in your presence. I just wanna abide in you. I wanna be close to you. That's all that matters. I wanna be like Moses in Exodus chapter 33 where God comes to Moses and he says, hey, hey, listen, Moses, you can go into the promised land, this, this place flowing with milk and honey and these mansions and vineyards that are already built for you and you can just walk in and it's all yours. But here's the catch, I, I can't go with you, Moses. The people are too sinful, and if I, if I go, then I'm gonna have to judge them, so you can go into the promised land, but I, I can't go with you. And Moses looks at God and he says, no deal. No deal. God, if you're, if you're not going, I'm not going. I don't care about the big houses, and I don't care about the easy life, and none of that means anything to me if you're not there. 
God, if you're staying in the desert, I'm staying in the desert. And I'll be hungry out here with you. And I'll be thirsty out here with you. And I'll stay in this ratty tent for the rest of my life if that's where you are. I'm just at this point in my life where I want to be preoccupied with living in the presence of God, with abiding in Jesus, because I know the older that I get, that's the only place where real life is found. That's what Jesus is saying. It's not this complicated theological 20-step thing. You want to grow? Abide in me. Walk with me. Live your life with me. All right, verse 8, he continues this thought. He says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Now, what's the proof of our faith according to Jesus Christ? Perfect theology, never missing a day of reading our Bible, being connected to the right political party. Nope, none of that. Right? The proof to our, to our following him, to loving him, being connected with him, he says, is fruitfulness. You say, Crystal, what, what does that mean, man? Does that, does that mean that I've got to be a Bible scholar and like memorize a couple of books of the New Testament? I've got to lead 75 people to faith in Christ and baptize them up here every single year? Like, what does that mean? Well, Paul gives us a very beautiful, clear glimpse in Galatians 5 of this kind of spiritual fruitfulness. This is what he says. This is what it looks like. Paul says it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, how do we get all that? Jesus says, abide in me. Walk with me, be with me, right? We get his, we looked last week, we get his spirit that empowers us to walk with Jesus, abide in Jesus. Guys, listen, this is so simple. This is so simple. Let's not muddy the waters on what Jesus has made so simple and clear. Abide in him, walk with him. The fruit will come naturally. Verse nine, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. There's that theme again. It's over and over and over again. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, what did he just command us? Abide in him, walk with him, spend time with him, stay connected with him. Right? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Skip to verse 12. This is my commandment. Listen, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. What he's saying to his guys, the 11, is he's saying, listen, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. And I'm about to prove it because I'm gonna go to the cross. I'm gonna lay down my life for you. And then I'm gonna raise it up three days later. I'm gonna lay down my life for you. Greater love has no one than this. Someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. What did he just command us? Again, abide in him. You are my friends if you abide in me. No longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing. Listen, this is beautiful. We can do a whole sermon on this, but I have called you friends. Believer, do you know that Jesus calls you friend he considers you his his friend the king of the universe i've called you friend for all that i've heard from my father i've made known to you verse 17 the says the same thing again these things i command you so that you will love one another so jesus says love one another as i have loved you how did jesus love us church he laid down everything he gave up everything 
He left the riches of heaven to come down into this messed up, jacked up world of ours and to live a perfect sinless life, to die a brutal death that we deserve to die, to rise again on the third day to give us life, freedom, hope in this life and the one to come. He's withheld nothing from us, church. And now he's going, hey, listen, guys, I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to ascend to the Father. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. And when I leave, this is what I want you to be about. I want you to love each other the way that I've loved you. I want you to love your brothers and sisters in the faith. Now, this is important because the tendency, I think, for most American Christians, because we live in such an individualistic culture, is to kind of compartmentalize our faith, don't we? I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody, heard somebody say something like, uh, yeah, my, my, my thing, my relationship with, with God, I mean, that's kind of personal. I don't really talk about that. Just me and JC, my homeboy JC, just me and him. Don't, I don't need the church. I don't need other Christians in my life. Just me and JC, it's a personal walk. And listen, Although growing in our faith always starts with a personal relationship with Jesus, it never ends there. You understand that? It starts with a personal walk with Jesus, but it never, ever stays there. Abiding in Jesus is personal first, but then it is also communal, right? Personal and communal. It's both and, not either or. So how we grow? Here's the second way that I think we grow from the text. Number two, not only do we abide in Jesus, number two, Jesus is saying, man, you guys gotta learn how to love each other like crazy. Y'all gotta learn to love each other the way that I love you. And I'm not talking about some pat you on the back on Sunday morning, oh, brother, oh, sister, how are you doing? Praise, glory to God, had a good week. None of that, none of the fake platitudes, the shallowness. Real love, real sacrifice. In fact, I'll go as far as to say this. If, you, if you're here, you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you do not love your brothers and sisters in Christ deeply, practically, and passionately, you probably ought to examine whether or not you really know and love Jesus. In fact, just a couple of chapter ago, chapters ago, we looked at John 13. Jesus said, the world will know that you're my disciples by how you what? By how you love yourself? By how many Bible verses you can memorize? No, the world will know that you belong to me by how you love one another. Listen, friends, this is no small thing. Part of growing in our faith is learning to radically and sacrificially give our lives away in loving the brotherhood and the sisterhood and the faith of Christ. Christian, are you, are you doing that? If I could hit rewind on your month and just kind of observe your life for the last month, in what ways would I see this fruit becoming more and more evident in your life? And here's the reality. Listen, if you are not connected to the vine, you can't bear fruit in your own life, much less somebody else's life. Because all your time and all your energy and all your focus is gonna be on you. What are my needs? What do I want? How are other people serving me? Man, I'm just telling you, we gotta learn how to really love each other, y'all. This is a fruit of our growth in the faith and following Jesus. Verse 16, Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, so far, we've learned that growing in our spiritual journey, that abiding is, A, it's personal, right? We have to be connected to the vine. That's a personal relationship. Number two, it should be communal. We ought to be loving the junk out of each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. But then number three, Jesus says, there should be an outward focusedness if you will, with your, with your love and your following me. So it's personal, it's communal, and it should be outward focused. 
So here's the third and final way that we grow. Number three, Christian, you gotta learn how to share your fruit. You gotta learn how to share your fruit. Jesus says, I chose you and I appointed you or, or commissioned you to go. This is the same language Jesus uses in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, where he says, go and make disciples of all nations. The point is this, our fruitfulness isn't just for us. Did you know that? The fruit that God, that Jesus is producing in your life is not just for you to consume. It's also so that others around you in your circle of influence might see and taste and know the goodness of God because of his work in and through your life in such a way that they too would be drawn to the vine, the source of true life. Have you ever seen a, a fruit tree eat its own fruit? You know, just grab a branch and grabs a peach, right? No, because the primary purpose of fruit isn't for the tree itself, it's for the enjoyment and the nourishment of others. So it is with the follower of Jesus. Our fruit is meant to be shared and experienced with those around us in such a way that says, listen, this, this fruit isn't about me. In fact, I can do nothing apart from the vine that is Jesus. But I'm just telling you if, you, if you connect to this vine, your life will also begin to produce all this incredible fruit that you've always wanted. So cool, I got an email last week from you guys know we prayed for uh, a team that went out to Tampa, uh, Florida to, to help build a church for the Haitian community uh, in Tampa last week. And I just randomly got this email from their cab driver. <laughs> and so this cab driver picked up our team of guys in, in Tampa to take them to the site to work, help these Haitian brothers and sisters. And uh, the guy, the guy, their cab driver just sent me an email and said, hey, I just wanna, wanna thank you for sending these guys down here. Uh, had a lovely conversation with them and Actually, after we talked, I, I, I went on the church website and on the way back to the airport, I listened to a message and I was very encouraged and he was just writing to say, thank you. These are brothers that are, that are sharing the fruit in their life, right? They didn't sit in the back and just kind of scroll through Insta until they got there. Man, they were engaging this brother, encouraging him, right? Giving them the church website and as a consequence, this man grew in his faith. They shared their fruit. So this is really simple, man. This is not complex. Jesus says, abide in me, love each other, and share your fruit. Don't be a fruit hoarder. You know what happens when you hoard fruit? You just kind of store it up? What happens to it? It rots. Don't be a stinky fruit Christian. <laughs> Nobody likes a stinky fruit Christian. So many of us, man, we're, we're just preoccupied. Man. What's, what's my neighbor gonna think about me if I invite him to church? What if I post a Bible verse or something that God's doing in my life on Instagram or Facebook? Are people gonna think I'm weird? Are they gonna make fun of me at school? Call me a Jesus freak? What if I share something? What if I ask, what if I ask my coworker or my classmate that's going through a really hard time if I can pray with them? Ah, oh, it's kind of scary. I don't know. What are they gonna think? What are they gonna do? People are gonna make fun of me? No, no, no. Jesus says, share my fruit liberally with those around you because I am the vine of life. Your life should reflect back to my life. Now, the cool thing is that when we abide in Jesus, when we begin to love each other like Jesus wants us to love each other, which, by the way, is sacrificial. If you're not hurting in your love for one another, something, something's a little bit off. But we abide in Jesus. We learn to love each other like crazy. We learn to share the fruit that God is producing in our lives. Watch what happens. We're gonna close with this. This is verse 11. Jesus says this, these things I have spoken to you. So basically, all that I'm talking to you about right now, I've said to you for this purpose, that my joy 
may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus is saying, listen, if, if, this, is, this is how you find real joy in life. All y'all out there chasing happiness and relationships and stuff and a better job and a bigger house and a nicer car and finding the right boyfriend. Like, oh, man, that's, none of that's gonna work for you. You're gonna keep following all these trails and you're gonna keep coming up empty. None of it's gonna work for you. But if you will just abide in me, just abide in me, just stay connected with me, just walk with me. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start producing all this amazing fruit in your life and you're gonna find joy because you're finally gonna be living the life that I designed for you to live. Have you ever, some of you, have you guys ever been on a, uh, a mission trip like the guys down in, in Tampa last week? A lot of people talk about when they go on mission, and I guess same thing, probably if you go on a youth camp, if you're middle school, high schooler, you, you kind of go on these trips and you come back with what you call like a mission trip high, Right? So you come back and you're like, I'm gonna conquer the world for Jesus now. I'm gonna tell everybody I meet about Jesus. And I'm gonna read my Bible two hours a day. Like, that was an incredible experience. I'm on fire for the Lord. I'm gonna charge the gates of hell with a squirt gun. I don't care. I'm never gonna stop me, right? And you're so excited. You're so pumped up. And like two weeks later, you're like, not the same person anymore. But why do we come back with that spiritual high from a mission trip or a youth camp or something like that? It's basically because for the entire week, you did exactly what Jesus said to do in John 15, Right? You're abiding with him. Usually you have a devotion with a team every single morning for an hour, right? You're learning to love the group of people, your team that you're with because you're living life with them in a strange environment. And then you're going out during the day and you're sharing your fruit with other people. And the reason we come back so excited is because we're finally doing what Jesus taught us to do. And he's saying, you don't have to wait for youth camp and you don't have to wait for a mission trip. You can live your life like this. I want you to live your life like this. And it's not complicated. Just stay connected to me. Now, let me boil this down to you. Here's the big idea. Religion, every world religion, teaches that you have to change or grow to get to God. Right? So you, you gotta change, you gotta grow, you gotta accomplish all these things, you gotta do all these things. And then, once you do all those things, God will accept you, you can have a relationship with God. The gospel is the opposite of that. Because the gospel says, no, 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 no. All you gotta do is stay connected to me. And then the change and the growth will happen naturally. You don't even have to try. Just stay connected to me and the change will happen organically. Now, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but it's a true story, so I'm gonna tell you anyway. A few weeks ago, we went out of town for a few days. And I, and I came back and the next day for breakfast, um, I, I was trying to toast some toast in the toaster. And it wouldn't work. And so I kept... I kept pushing it down and it'd pop right back up. So like for five minutes, I'm jostling this thing and pushing it down and I'm cursing it under my breath. I'm like, Cheryl, I told you not to buy stuff from Walmart. It's junk, it's all made in China. Why are we, why are we doing that? And so I'm like five minutes, I'm wrestling with this stupid toaster and I'm calling it names. And finally, I look over and realize that before we went out of town, I unplugged it. I unplugged it. <laughs> and so I plugged it back in and it toasted my toast perfectly. <laughs> flawlessly and see some of you are frustrated because your life is not plugged in to the correct power source and as long as you are unplugged or plugged into the wrong power source your life is not going to work and it's not going to make sense and you're not going to have peace and you're not going to have joy and you're not going to have freedom you're not going to have any of these things that Jesus wants you to have listen Jesus is the only vine 
He is the only power source that will give you life and unleash you to live the life that you were created to live. So as we close, I just wanna put three questions on the screen for you to kind of meditate on this week, to kind of contemplate as you think about John 15 and all that Christ has said to you. And here are the questions that I would just challenge you to think on and meditate on this week. Number one, are you abiding in Jesus? Are you walking with him? Has it just become an intellectual exercise? Yeah, back in 75, back in 85, I said a prayer. So I guess I'm in. I guess I got my golden ticket to heaven. Abiding with Jesus. And if you've never done that, if you're just playing games, you're just a religious person, man, today could be the day that changes the rest of your days. Because you could give your life to Jesus for the very first time. You could tap into the true vine, to the true power source of life, and experience the things that God wants you to experience in your life. That only happens through Jesus. So are you tapped into the power source, the true vine? Then number two, how are you loving your brothers and sisters in Christ? Like, I'm not just saying, hey, do you have love in your heart? I'm saying like practically. What are the practical ways that you are giving yourself away and you are sacrificing yourself to love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Because Jesus says, that's how the world's gonna know you belong to me. So how are you loving your brothers and sisters in the faith? And then number three, maybe the most important, who are you sharing your spiritual fruit with? Are you ashamed of who you are in Christ and what he's done? Are you worried about the approval of your friends or your classmates or your coworkers or your neighbors? Who are you sharing your spiritual fruit with? And it's as we begin to walk with Jesus, to abide with him, that we begin to flourish and produce all this amazing fruit in our lives that he's designed for us to, to live out and to experience in our lives. Let's pray, let's give thanks to God, and then we're gonna sing. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you. We're grateful for your word that instructs us and guide us, guides us. We're grateful for your Holy Spirit that indwells us, empowers us, brings these ancient words to life, applies them to our hearts in ways that we can live out in practical ways in modern day life. We thank you so much for sending Jesus and that through him, through the vine, through the true power source, we can experience life. If we'll just abide in him, it's not about religion, it's not about a 10-step formula, it's just about walking with Jesus. Forgive us, God, for making complicated what you've made so simple. So would you help us just to, this week, just consciously make a decision to abide in Jesus just to walk with you, talk with you, carve out time to spend with you. God, would you teach us that part of our spiritual growth is learning how to, how to ferociously love our brothers and sisters in the faith. Would you teach us to lay down our lives for one another the way that Jesus laid down his life for us so that the world might know that we belong to him. Would you teach us to love one another sacrificially, God? Would you teach us to walk with you, to abide with you, God? And then finally, would you, would you teach us how to, how to share our fruit, God? Where, where we tend to cower back in fear, where we tend to be afraid of what others might think of us, God, would you give us, by the power of your spirit, would you give us a boldness? Would you let us experience a boldness that's not from us, but it's from your spirit? 
that we would just confidently, just that Jesus would constantly be dripping off our lips, that we don't have to be weird about it, but just that we would constantly be talking about what Jesus has done in our lives and through our lives, that people would see that fruit in our lives, that they would be attracted to the true vine, the source of life, so that they could find what we found. We thank you so much for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all that you're gonna continue to do in this place, in us and through us in the days ahead. We pray all these things in the strong and the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Church, let's stand. Let's worship our King.